All right, what's up, you lovely people? Welcome back to another episode in the 10 Lessons Podcast. This is lesson number seven. And before I uh, jump right into it, I just want to tell you that this lesson specifically has the potential to be my favorite lesson in the entire podcast. Okay, and I don't think that this is the most important, obviously, because it would be number one, not number seven. But this lesson is one of those ones that really just completely shifted the way I view the world and the way that I, I see other people and respect other people. And I think it has the potential to do the same for you. Uh, if you hear what I'm saying, and you may have some misconceptions about intelligence and the best way we uh, should measure it and the way, you know, what you should respect other people and how you should look up to them. So this is really important lesson, and this may be my personal favorite, even when this is all said and done all the way through lesson number one. So this is lesson number seven, the only, the one and only true intelligence test, okay? And I want to start this lesson off by saying, or by asking you a question, actually. How do you measure intelligence? So when you're trying to think about how smart somebody is, okay, if you're trying to assess, if this, is this person smart? Is this person dumb? How do you do it, okay? And how should we view it as a society, okay? A lot of common ones are good grades, okay? So a high GPA, high grade point average. A lot of people view people that get the best grades as the smartest. Uh, or what about high IQ, okay? People that have a very high IQ, uh, anything over, you know, like 150, 160, 170, 180, we see as uh, sort of like geniuses. Is that a good way to measure intelligence? Is it, you know, Jeopardy I score? Is it just the amount of random information we could shove into our brain? Trivia crack? What is it, okay? So let's start with high GPA, okay? Uh, let's start with people that get the good grades, valedictorians. So there's a book called Barking Up the Wrong Tree by Eric Barker, and he tracks 81 valedictorians for 14 years after graduation, and he showed that while nearly all the valedictorians did well, none of them, okay, were standout successes. And this seems to be true, not just based off this study, but in general. Valedictorians often struggle to achieve the same level of success after graduation. And this makes sense to me, right? When you think about the most successful people in history, the people even today that are just the most influential and have the greatest impact on humanity, none of them are normally particularly high on the GPA totem pole, okay? In fact, many of them dropped out of college or even high school. Steve Jobs, who is easily one of the most influential people in the last century, I mean, there's probably plenty of people listening to this on iPhones right now. Uh, he is super influential, okay? He dropped out of college. Bill Gates, who, you know, built Microsoft, if you play Xbox, the guy that, you know, founded that, he dropped out of uh, college. Mark Zuckerberg, who made Facebook, dropped out of college. Richard Branson dropped out of high school, okay? All these guys were billionaires, okay? And I get it. Money isn't, like, the only thing that you should measure success by, obviously, but these guys had influence, Okay, they are extremely influential in the creations that they did have. And it just goes to show that, you know, if they're dropping out of college, dropping out of high school, and they're still having the most influence on the world, it goes to show that GPA is not necessarily the best measure of intelligence. Because all throughout history, or, uh, you know, even recent history, who do you know? Like, who's the most famous valedictorian that you know? And for a lot of people, it's that's very a very hard question to answer if they know any. Uh, and if you literally just Google something about valedictorians, like when I was researching this podcast, I just Googled how much do valedictorians make, you know, on average per year, because I want to include that in this podcast. 
I found articles with titles like "This is Why Valedictorians Don't Become Millionaires," uh, "Why So Many of Boston a uh, Boston's High School Valedictorian Struggle," and "Why Valedictorians Don't Become Rich and Famous." And the truth is, we could argue all day why this is, right? Maybe it's because the school system is uh, pretty trash and doesn't actually translate very well to the real world. Uh, many people would uh, argue that. Maybe it's because information, this is the one that I really like. This, maybe it's because information is becoming obsolete super fast, okay? With how quickly the world is evolving, I believe it's like an 18-month rule. I heard that a couple years ago. It might even be less now. But any information that you learn today in 18 months is probably going to be obsolete. That's just how fast the world is evolving. Or maybe it's it's actually not because of either of those. Or maybe it's partially because of some of those, but not completely. Maybe it's actually because of the same reason uh, that high IQ people deal with the same struggles. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next. But maybe it's the same reason. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to that later. And I want to be very clear uh, with what I'm saying here, okay? If you are a valedictorian or someone with a very high GPA, that's not to say that you aren't smart because you probably are very smart and are more smart than average. And if you are somebody that aspires to have like a very comfortable lifestyle, making six figures and enjoying like a pretty calm and peaceful professional career in a lane or a you know like a profession that you really enjoy then being a valedictorian is awesome if that's the life that you want that being a valedictorian is literally the best case scenario for you so i'm not dissing valedictorians at all okay uh, i have absolutely nothing against them i'm there's no reason why i would be and like i said in last week's episode podcast episode i'm not here to judge other people's lifestyles okay if you want that lifestyle then being a valedictorian is great but again there are very few standout successes that are valedictorians. So it's incredibly important to know that and really understand that that's true and look into it for yourself. So if it's not a high GPA that we should use to measure intelligence, what about a high IQ? Okay, I was just saying earlier that people that are billionaires and have extremely high influence on, the, on our society, like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, these guys, they all seem to have very, very high IQs. Okay, so maybe, you know, I, I think uh, Bill Gates has an IQ of like 160. I believe Steve Jobs was the same. And uh, let me actually, before I say that, if you don't know, uh, the way the IQ scale works is a, a 100 is about average. And the I think the normal distribution, like 68% of people, if I understand this correct, they fall somewhere between 85 and 115. Okay, anywhere, you know, in that 15 range from the the middle, the average of 100. So if you're at an IQ of something like 160, which is what Bill Gates and Steve Jobs are at, that is an exceptionally high IQ. Mark Zuckerberg uh, is estimated to have 152. Warren Buffett has 155. Uh, Elon Musk is around 150 to 155. So all these people that are very rich and have a lot of influence on our society and on the world and have innovated a lot, they all seem to have extremely high IQs, Okay. So maybe this is it, right? Maybe this is the best measure of IQ. So, or I'm sorry, the best measure of intelligence. So I looked into this. I wanted to know who, the high, who had the highest IQ ever, okay? And it turns out that this guy, William James Sidis, had an estimated IQ of 250 to 300, which is absolutely insane if you understand the way the IQ scale works. Okay, this is like 100 over what Bill Gates and Steve Jobs had. Okay, this is ridiculous. So I looked into this guy's story. He could read the New York Times when he was 18 months. He spoke multiple languages when he was six. He invented his own language. 
and he was accepted into Harvard at age nine. Okay, so this guy was obviously an extremely promising young protege. And to make a long story short, I'm not going to tell you everything about his life, but he was arrested in 1919 for rioting and assaulting a police officer, which it seems like he never did, and he was sentenced to 18 months in prison. Uh, and after he got out, people he was very famous, uh, and people knew about him, and they knew about his arrests, so he had to sort of get quiet jobs, and any time that he was discovered at the job, he would have to quit and find a new one. He lost his fame and appeal, and he died at the age of 46 as a penniless, reclusive office clerk. Okay, so this is, again, the most, the highest IQ individual in known modern history. And he ended up, you know, dying young with no money. So the moral of the story is that's not real intelligence. I don't care how high your IQ is or how high this guy's IQ is. You can't tell me that that was a truly intelligent individual. He may have had incredible potential, and I, I certainly agree with that. But if that's the way your life ends up, are, are you really sure that that's the best way we can measure intelligence? Because it seems to me like if that's the way your life turned out, you're not very intelligent. Or I shouldn't say that, but at least that's not the desired outcome that you really want. As Ty Lopez points out, having a high IQ might actually hurt your chances of success. He has a very, very good video. If you just look up, uh, you know, Ty Lopez, how having a high IQ hurts your chances of success, you'll find a video where he, he basically talks about if you're told earlier in life, and this is sort of what I was telling, uh, what I was alluding to earlier about the valedictorian thing, how they might struggle with the same thing that people with having a high IQ have. If you're told early in life that you are smart, then you are much more likely to believe that your success is fate rather than a result of hard work. The more that you're told that you are intelligent, the more likely you are to just believe that, okay, I'm really smart, I'm special, so things are just going to work out for me. This is exactly what I was telling about last podcast episode, you're much more likely to succumb to these cognitive biases in your brain if you're told that you are smart very early on in life. And the best way to do that, to be <laughs> told you're smart by society, is to have a very high IQ or to have a very high GPA. He also talked about in that video how there was a group of kids called uh, the termites who were basically just children with very high IQs, okay? And they were studied throughout their entire life. And basically, the basic premise, similar to valedictorians, is they vastly underestimated expectations. Okay, they felt very short of, they wanted to see, are these people going to win Nobel Prizes? Are these people going to become billionaires? Things like that. And the, the answer is, a lot of them, no, they didn't. Warren Buffett has a very great quote where he says, if you want to be wealthy, all you need is an IQ of 130. You can sell the rest. This is an extremely smart individual, and that is a very, very great quote to sort of leave this section with. So it's not having good grades, it's not having a high IQ. So what is it? Okay, you may have guessed it, but what is the real measure of intelligence that I'm alluding to here? The truth is none of the methodologies I spoke of previously are the best way to measure intelligence. There is only one true intelligence test, okay? And that's life itself. If you can get the life you want, you are intelligent. If you can't get the life that you want, you are not, and you have failed the ultimate test, the only test that really matters. I know so many of us, we've, you know, we've studied and stressed about tests our whole life. This is the only test that matters, I promise you. It's the test of life itself. Naval has this incredible, incredible, incredible quote. That This is the only quote that I have hanging on my wall in my room. 
The quote is, the only true intelligence test is if you can get what you want out of life. So to break this down a little bit further, the first sign of true intelligence, first and foremost, is knowing what you want. This goes back to lesson number 10, okay? But why? Why do you want the things that you want? And what is it that you want, okay? And that's something that nobody can tell you, okay? Not me, not your mama, not your boyfriend, girlfriend, your homies. Nobody can really figure out what you want besides you. Now, I can guess some of the things you want, and people that know you really well, they could probably have a decent idea of what it is that you, that you want, but they can't know for sure. Like, for example, I can guess that you want to be healthy, okay? You probably, in all likelihood, if you're being honest, you want to feel good, okay? You want to have energy, and you want to be free of disease, okay? You don't want to be burdened by health issues your whole life. You want to be somewhat wealthy, okay? I know you do. You don't want to be broke, okay? And because if you are broke, you have no freedom, and you can't really live the life that you want. Now, how you make your money, first of all, how you make your money is way more important than how much you make. But secondly, that's entirely personal, and that's something I can't predict for you. That's something that I really I can't help you with. You have to be able to decide for yourself how you want to make your money. And the vast majority of people never really figure that out, okay? They go into the wrong career. This is the same with health. I kind of glossed over it. Uh, but I, I told you, you want to be healthy, but how you want to be healthy is very personal, okay? What type of exercise you prefer, what type of diet you eat, okay? That's all up to you. Uh, and you probably want other things like a clear mind, a loving home, et cetera. But I won't, I won't list all of those things. The way that you want to get wealthy, the ways that you want to get healthy, they're entirely personal. So the first sign of true intelligence is figuring out what it is that you want. And the second sign is actually being able to get what it is that you desire. After you discover what you want, going out and actually getting it is the final step in the process. If you could do both of these things, if you could figure out what you want and then get it, you are a genius. You are, in my mind, okay, you are extremely intelligent. You are the most intelligent among us. This is really the only thing that I respect because any other way of measuring it is too fictitious. It's too wishy-washy. Just cut right to the chase. If you want to get a high GPA, if you want to be a valedictorian, it's probably because that's not the, you know, that's not the end game. You want to be wealthy, okay? You want to change the world. You want to people view you as smart because they see that you're going to be able to do great things. If you have a high IQ, it's the very it's the exact same thing. The real intelligence test is actually if you're able to do these things. This is just so important because who you look up to, respect and view as intelligent, we try to model our lives after them. Okay, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, who you're looking up to is going to have a massive effect on you. And this world is full of people that are masquerading as successes but are really failures. Figure out what you want and then get it, okay? If you could do that, you're a genius and you have played the game of life well. So going into the future, if anybody is ever like, look at me, I'm a valedictorian. I got a 4.0 GPA, okay? Be like, great, you know, that's, that's awesome. Seriously, like, that's great for you. I'm very happy for you. But don't be fooled. That's not the true measure of intelligence, okay? If, every, if anyone is ever boastful and is like, look at me, I got 150, 160, 180 IQ. Look how smart I am. Be like, great, that's awesome. For both of these people, you have such great potential. And I, you know, I truly hope that life turns out great for you and you're very happy and you get the life that you want. But that's not the end all be all. But if they live a great life, okay, if they're healthy, 
they're wealthy, they're loved and respected, they're living out their life purpose. That's really the only thing, you know, I sort of bow my head and tip my hat to. That's what I respect, and that's how I view people as intelligent. If you didn't do that well in school, or you don't have a very high GPA, don't worry, okay? These things are not the end-all, be-all. That's not the real intelligence test. You could still pass the real test, and this is the test that everybody fails, okay? I don't care that. I don't care how high your GPA is. Almost every single individual will fail this test, okay? It's the true intelligence test, figuring out what you want, what you truly want in your life before you die, and then getting it, okay? If you could do both of those things, you are truly intelligent. That's all for today. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you for lesson number six next Friday. Peace out.